Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're continuing through the miraculous healing of the paralyzed man who had been lowered on a stretcher right there in front of Jesus. Here's Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 20 again. Seeing their faith, remember this, Jesus saw the faith of the men who lowered their paralyzed friend down in front of Jesus. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, why are you thinking this in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man, that's Jesus, has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, Get up, take your stretcher, and go home. <clears throat> so, we've seen this man lowered down before Jesus by his friends who took drastic and inconsiderate action, really. I mean, possibly destroying, damaging somebody's roof <laughs> just to get their friend to Jesus. And there, here is the miracle within the miracle within the miracle. The, the scribes and Pharisees, according to yesterday's devotional text, had come from all over the place. They hated Jesus, but they never missed a single one of his teachings. Jesus sees their faith. We talked about that yesterday. And then these Pharisees begin to think to themselves, according to verse 21, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? The Greek word here is blasphemunton, and it means to resist or revile the Holy Spirit. Think of it like making an obscene gesture toward God. Uh, it's also seen as ascribing to, uh, ascribing, basically like blaming God for what the devil did or, uh, you know, mixing up who's actually in control here. Was this something that was done by the Holy Spirit of God or was it evil? And then uh, to blaspheme in this sense, uh, they believe that he lacks the authority to say this. And so he is trying to do something by an evil spirit. That would be a common theme in the Pharisees' accusations against Jesus. They saw him work miracles. They saw the proof right there in front of their eyes. But what they believed was that Jesus was accomplishing these miracles by way of an evil spirit. So that's the irony, is that they accuse Jesus of blasphemy, but they themselves are the blasphemers. They have looked at the work of the Holy Spirit and accredited it to the devil. So it's ironic that they would think Jesus blasphemous when it is they. I saw, I see our, our study in, in the Gospel of Matthew, there was this, just, there was this threshold that was reached with the Pharisees where, I mean, they, were, they would no longer be called upon, drawn upon by the Holy Spirit unto salvation. This is why blasphemy is the sin that will not be forgiven. I don't call it the unforgivable sin. It's the sin that won't be forgiven because the one who commits such a sin will not repent, will not confess. So it's, it's ironic that the, the blasphemers commit blasphemy. And this question is asked not out loud, but it's just thought. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Indeed. <laughs> you'd think that you'd ask that question and come to the right conclusion. Jesus perceives their thoughts. I'll bet this drove them crazy. Why are you thinking this in your hearts? So Jesus works another miracle within the miracle, and that is that he reads the minds of all the Pharisees collectively. 
and he knows their accusations of blasphemy, which are ironically blasphemous in themselves, and he calls them out on their thoughts. They don't seem to respond to Jesus's healing of the man. They don't seem to respond to Jesus even calling them out on their own thoughts. There is no number of proofs that would be sufficient for these guys. They would watch Jesus feed thousands of people miraculously and then have the gall to ask him, now what sign are you going to give us to prove that you're God? And Jesus is like, how many more thousands of miracles do I need to work right in front of your eyes? And he asks a question. Jesus asks a question, which is easier? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Indeed, which one of these would be easier? On the one hand, to say, get up and walk, that's that's actually, when you think about it, that's a pretty rude thing to say to a paralyzed person. Okay, just go, go try it. You'll get kicked off the subway. You walk up to somebody who's paralyzed and you say, get up and walk. That's not an easy thing to say. But to say your sins are forgiven, everybody asks the question, well, hang on a second. Like, to, to make a proclamation like that requires authority. Now, we've seen that so far in the Gospel of Luke, this authority that Jesus had, that he had his own authority, his own power. He's the Logos. He's the Word alive. And so he has the ability to proclaim the truth. He is the embodiment of the Word of God. By his very birth that we just celebrated, he fulfilled the Word of God. And when he speaks, words are added on to the Bible, and the Bible is completed and revealed to us. He is the Word. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the Logos. He was with God in the beginning. Everything that's created was created through Him. There's not a thing that has been created that wasn't created through Him. In Him is life. That life is the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so when the light, the life, the Logos, the Lord says, your sins are forgiven, that person's sins are forgiven because of his authority, because he's the word. Indeed, it is much more difficult. It requires much more authority to look at a sinner and proclaim that sinner forgiven than it does to risk it by walking up to somebody who's paralyzed and telling them to get up and walk. Neither is necessarily easy, but Jesus's proclamation requires authority that no, no man has. So look, he does this just to prove that the sins were forgiven. The greater miracle was salvation. The less miracle, the, the, the less incredible miracle, frankly, is the healing of the paralysis. I tell you, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. Now, in Luke's letters to Theophilus, both this, the Gospel of Luke, and also the book of Acts, that's going to be a theme right there. What I just highlighted, if you're watching this on video at Allies Network, that's going to be a theme. Get up. Get up. Get up. At one point, someone is down, and now they have encountered Jesus, and so it's time to get up. This is the authority that Jesus has. He has the authority to look at us and our brokenness, lying there in our sin, to proclaim us forgiven and tell us to get up. Do you occasionally go back to your paralytic man? I know what it's like. You get an old familiar temptation. You get dragged back in again. Would you get up? Get up. Get up from your sin. Pick up your mat. Walk. 
You've been proclaimed forgiven by the Lord, the Logos himself. So would you get up, get up from sin, repent from sin, and lead a life worthy of repentance and faith. Get up, pick up your mat, and let's walk, friend.